Ladies and gentlemen, you know that I know that you know that I know it's cruise week. That's right. As the as the uh, historic philosopher Kid Rock would say, I'm packing up my game and I'm heading out west. We're going on a Norwegian breakaway cruise. And that is going to leave out of New Orleans. I'm going to see some things that I have not seen yet. I'm going to see Lake Pontchartrain. I'm going to see the French Quarter. I'm going to just, I mean, embrace Nola. It's going to be a quick run. It's going to be quick. Also, ideally, the plan is to do a stop at the world-renowned honky-tonk bar, beach bar, in what they call the Redneck Riviera. I didn't make that term up. Please don't get upset with me. Uh, The the, the Floribama, as featured in uh, Kenny Chesney's and many people's music uh, in country music over the years. Uh, we're not going to really talk much about that. Maybe I'll check in on Thursday. We'll do like a little bit of a preview. We did a bit of a preview the other the other day with John, but today we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about uh, some of the stuff that's in the news. Virgin Voyages is premiering a J Lo movie. New York City is going to use the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal as a temporary shelter. Celebrity Ascent was floated out. Holland America is expanding their casino. We'll talk a little bit about the P&O Arvia. And uh, the main topic for today's show is we're going to talk about what some of the, over the years, what some of the cruise, whether you want to call them initiatives, trends, or gimmicks are. Some of them that have come and gone over the years and some that were successful, some that were not so successful, and some... Let's just say the jury's still out. Let's start the show. Oh, we back for another one, right? <laughs> Bags are packed. Hey, Tommy, you ready? Let's go. We going in. Hey. It's the night before the cruise And if I'm honest, I ain't sleeping But even if I could, I'd be dreaming About this weekend, all the fun we about to have Best we taking this vacation Always be booked on our way to embarkation Cause we know what's in store Pockets and palm trees, tropical sea breeze And frozen daiquiris, oh please Thank you sir, yes I think I'll have another Please don't blow my cover, cause I'm passing on the muster Bring a lover, bring a friend, bring someone you just met It ain't snowing where we going And the good times never end Here's the five more years, drinking beers, running Pierce. Thanks for giving us your ears through the laughter and the tears But we just getting started out here, give us a holler If you're looking, you can find us somewhere south of the Bahamas Getting hotter as we go, cones and we united So sound that horn, cause everybody's invited All aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show coming to you not quite live from the compound the k compound that's right in boca raton i would say north boca raton just south of delray beach if you hear delray beach if you hear west palm beach you know you're getting boynton dare i say deerfield this is the neighborhood this is where we're operating out of and i can tell you right now i'm looking out the window no wind no clouds a beautiful day in sunny south florida and uh i live here Don't you think you should too? I want to start the show by announcing and reminding you of my new favorite toy. There is a website. Now, I 
spoke to a buddy of mine. His name is Graham. He uh, he hates the word fame or famous or whatever, but you know he's had some notoriety. Let's call it that. He's been on a bunch of reality shows and he's had TV shows and he's done morning radio. So a uh, good buddy of mine starting a new thing, Amazon dot com amazon their music department has launched an app called amp amp that's it it's just an app and what they have done is designing graham is one of the guys that's spearheading this and launching it this is not an advertisement this is not a partnership in any way shape or form or a sponsorship uh i've been wanting to find a way where i can get on and do like basically a radio show with you guys you guys know we've always kind of whether it's the patreon or whatever else we're always big on music we're always talking about music and we're always incorporating music into the vibe into the vacation feel what's your vacation playlist uh all that type of stuff and i was always trying to figure out how i can turn the patreon or even this show a version of this show into a scenario where i'm able to uh play music for you guys whether it's you know live not being convenient whether it's copyright infringements that get in the way of that you were never able to do that with this app amp amp you just download the app you find me and i'm doing a radio show a drive time remember the days when we used to do the happy hours you guys know what i was going for back then have a couple of drinks and then we chill out play some music and basically have a happy hour you know what i mean we're doing that now i can do that on the amp app and i have a show called it's uh five o'clock right here it's five o'clock right here you look me up look up always be booked look up it's five o'clock right here uh happy hour basically we play vacation music i play vacation music and it's just a way like i don't want you to think it's going to be a podcast or anything but at five o'clock every friday you go on that app you follow me and i'm just going to be playing music there is a live chat and then I'll be speaking to you between the songs. We'll talk about what was going on in the chat. Maybe I'll refer to the music a little bit. But if you want vacation music, you know, have an open mind. I ask of two things if you're going to do this. I want you to do it because this is definitely one of the things I'm more excited about. I'm so happy that something like this has been launched that we can do. All I'll ask, when you download the the app, have something to do. Don't expect a bunch of talk. There's going to be some talk, but mostly music. Have an open mind about the music that you hear because there's a reason why I'm going to be playing every song I play. It's the type of song that prepares me for a vacation. It's the type of song that lets me vibe while I'm on vacation. It's just in general for any, for some reason, it could be the lyrics, it could be the beat, it could be the genre in general. But it's going to be about vacation and fun and feel-good party music. Every Friday, 5 o'clock, download the AMP app. While we're here, we're doing some housekeeping, I guess. Follow me on Facebook. Join the Facebook group, Always Be Booked Cruisers. I'm sorry, Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. Uh, We have a Patreon for $8 a month. You can get extra show a week. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Always Be Booked. Every single day, Monday through Friday, I do about 30 to 40 minutes on the Patreon and we talk about cruising. We'll talk about anything on that show. So if you've enjoyed this show over the years, you want to support it and you want more of it, you like it, you love it, that's the place to go. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked. And yes, I am about 
45 subscribers away from 2,000 on YouTube. There also has been a big YouTube push. Let's stop with this BS and let's get into some cruise talk, right? If you're just joining us, that's what we do here. Some people say that this is an acquired taste. Uh, People have emailed me directly confirming that, saying that, you know, when you say this is an acquired taste, boy, is that true. I really couldn't stand you in the beginning. Now, I'm getting all these emails where people are, uh, you know, they seem like they they really have, uh, over the years, developed an affection for what I do here and what we do here at the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. Check out the website, too, alwaysbebooked.com. We're writing articles there now. We're doing feature articles on the website. A lot going on, ladies and gentlemen, and there's a lot going on in New York City right now. What they're planning to do is to use a cruise terminal as a temporary shelter for those seeking asylum. Now, We've talked about the possibility of cruise ships being used uh, for asylum seekers, and that fell through. I think it fell through for, for a couple of reasons. I think, one, it just wasn't really thought out. Now, is this, if you're going to put migrants on a cruise ship, is this a scenario where they're able to come and go as they please, and it's just their place to kind of... Uh, rest their head at night and maybe get some food, shelter, that type of thing. But they can go and walk around the city and come in and out of the terminal as they please, which I think complicates things. And then the other scenario is, well, why do you have to leave? You have a beautiful cruise ship. Just make them stay on the cruise ship and they can kind of do whatever they want and, you know, have all the food, even some entertainment maybe on the ship. But then no matter how pleasant the conditions might be on a cruise ship, you still have to respect the fact that if you're going to do that, you're in essence holding them captive. And you're basically saying you can't get off this ship. And I don't know. I don't know if there is any legalities with that. I don't know if there are any uh, ethical humanitarian, uh, I guess, issues that some people might have with that. But no matter what, it's it's a detention center. If you're not letting them off the ship, and is that in any way, shape, or form a violation of human rights? So I think that's the type of things that complicate the issue when you talk about putting the migrants on cruise ships. But Anyway, Mayor Eric Adams announced recently that the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal will have room for, and this is kind of strange too, I guess it's not strange, but just the wording of it in this day and age is a little strange, 1,000 single men. That's that's what they're saying. 1,000 single men are able to seek asylum uh, in, in the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal, and this will happen until it needs to switch back over to a cruise terminal this spring. As we all know, the MSC Meraviglia is going to home port out of that very cruise terminal, and uh, they will you know, basically keep it as a, a, a migrant shelter until then. Mayor Adams is saying that his city is at a breaking point, and they declared it a state of emergency in New York City. And in total, 41,000 asylum seekers have come to the city since last spring. And along with the cruise terminal, the city will establish five other total in total five facilities that will act as humanitarian emergency response and relief centers. Now, I don't know this to me, it does lead to some questions. The cruise port is going to be doing weekly turnarounds for MSC in just a few months. So I guess I would ask, what is the exit strategy? 
we haven't even started this yet, right? So if it's that much of an emergency where you have to provide shelter for a thousand migrants, food, heat, all the necessary elements to life, do we assume that there won't be any problems when it's time to displace them when MSE gets ready to move in? You know, I don't I don't know. So like you have a thousand people coming in and they're going to be basically calling it their home for a while. And then out of nowhere, oh, we got to do these cruises now. So, yeah, you got eight days to get out of there. What are they going to do? Where do they put them then? If it's that much of an emergency, we don't need to we don't know where to put them now. What are we going to know about where we will put them then? And then my other question is, what kind of turnaround time are they going to need to get this place ready to do sailings out of? Let's face it, that place is going to play host to, to some, I guess, pretty wild stuff. The living conditions there, uh, let's just say it, it's not going to be the four seasons, right? How long is it going to need to transform back into a fully functioning cruise terminal for people to start their vacations out of? I'm not saying that part is necessarily important. We're talking about people going on pleasure cruises versus people fighting for survival in a new land. So I know that that's, but what I am saying is this is what is going to happen already. They're changing this to the cruise terminal. Money has been spent. Contracts have been signed. MSC Meraviglia is sailing out of the Brooklyn cruise terminal starting this spring. How are they going to make that transition? All right, moving on. Virgin Voyages, I like to call it the great experiment, you know, I I think we could all agree that they've been uh, outliers when it comes to changing the game, what we know about cruising, and what they're going to do is premiere a brand new movie from J-Lo called Shotgun Wedding. We all know that Virgin Voyages has a, let's call it a affiliation of some sort with J-Lo. I know she's appeared. Her face has appeared in some of the commercials. Richard Branson has referred to her many times. She hasn't responded. I don't think she really has much speaking roles in these commercials. And we do know that she sells her beauty products on the ship. They do use her name as well. But as far as her coming out and being that Kathy Lee type personality or that Shaq or Pitbull for Norwegian when he was doing that. You don't see that much from JLo. It seems like for some reason she might be distancing herself uh, for her own sake, for her own brand to see how this whole thing goes. Uh, But anyway, Valiant Lady uh, guests will be the first to see Shotgun Wedding, a movie starring JLo, and this is going to take place in their Red Room the ship's immersive theater. The official launch will be on January 27th. Uh, Sailors, and that's the term that Virgin Voyages uses for its passengers, uh, if they're Amazon Prime members, not only will they get to see the movie, because everybody on the ship is going to see the movie. They all have, well, they all have access to see the movie if they end up in the Red Room. But if you have a Amazon Prime membership, you get an exclusive invitation to hang out in the uh, the Loose Cannon Lounge. And there you'll get a complimentary cocktail. They're calling the cocktail Just Say Yes. Cute little thematic uh, appropriate title for a cocktail. I'm guessing it's not going to be uh, as strong as a Long Island iced tea or an old-fashioned, but it's the thought that counts, right? Now, what is this movie about? Come on. It's a J-Lo movie. 
and it's got a wedding in it. Have we not seen this movie 11 times already? I think maybe we have. But either way, it co-stars Josh Dumal, and it involves a destination wedding where the couple seems to be getting cold feet. They're questioning whether or not this uh, wedding they should go through with or not. But uh, they have families, and apparently the families are lovable but controlling, and they start getting involved. They start putting their two cents in, and the couple has to figure out while so much of this already is in progress with the destination wedding, they're already on the scene. They're already at the wedding site, wherever it is. These the The two stars are getting cold feet, and they're, uh, I guess, uh, thinking about calling off the wedding. As if that wasn't crazy enough, the whole family gets taken hostage, and then hijinks and hilarity ensues, doesn't it? I mean, listen, uh, what do you guys think about this? I, I, I think it's cute. I think it's nice. But just once, I want to see one of these movies, let it end bad. You know what's going to happen. It's going to be a funny, lighthearted thing where the, you know, the the hijackers are going to be ominous characters, but not too ominous. They're probably going to have a, you know, you're probably going to see a heart of gold in some of them. And then, you know, they'll get released at some point. Now, this is not a spoiler alert. This is just me guessing. They'll, they'll get released. The couple will get married or they won't. But everybody will live happily ever after. In all seriousness, I just want to see one time one of these movies where you think it's going to be a lighthearted comedy. Let's let the let's let the the the, the um the kidnappers. Let's see them get hacked up. Let's see this end in a mass murder. Let's see their carnage everywhere. J Lo is. <laughs> I know what you, I I know. I'm I'm upsetting some people. I know, ladies, I'm getting too. This is the. How dare you? This is a beautiful classic rom com with J Lo. How dare you put your, uh, I guess, visions of, of, of a horror movie or a snuff movie type scenario to it? Nobody wants to see uh, this end in carnage and mass murder. Yeah, I get it. I'm the psycho. But yeah, you keep binge watching your serial killer documentaries on Netflix. In all seriousness, I mean, I think this is good. This is what you want in a cruise movie. I can tell you right now, when you sit under those stars and watch those movies, especially the comedies, 100%, there's movies that I've watched on cruise ships that I have just had the popcorn and laughed my ass off at and enjoyed to no end. Versus I could tell you probably if I watched that same movie in a movie theater where I just paid $18 plus a soda and popcorn, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed those movies as much. This is the perfect movie, lighthearted movie. You're not looking for The Godfather. You're not looking for Gone with the Wind. Something light and fun with a happy ending. Good for J-Lo. Good for Virgin Voyages. And uh, let me know. Let me know if you see this movie because I likely will never uh, see it. Let me know how it is. Celebrity Ascent. Have you guys heard of this cruise ship? This is the new cruise ship that is uh, under construction for celebrity cruises. Now, this is a float-out happened. Are you guys familiar with the float-out process? When a ship is floated out, it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It's basically a trial. This way, they see if the ship is seaworthy. It verifies if that the hull was constructed properly and the ship is buoyant and everything is going smooth basically to stay afloat. Uh, this At this point, the uh, hull is completed 
And from there, the construction of the inside of the ship can enter the next phase where they put up all the venues. They finalize construction on the staterooms. The crew areas will be built out and it's worked on in that capacity until completion. Now, Celebrity Ascent will be the fourth ship in the cruise line's edge class of ships. And that started with the Celebrity Edge in 2018. And then it went to Apex in 2021. Then it went to Beyond in 2022. Now we are currently in the era of Celebrity Ascent. Now, usually ships of the same class, as you know, are referred to as sister ships. In this case where the Beyond and the Ascent are so exactly similar, they're kind of rebranding that whole thing and calling them twin sister ships. All right, moving along to Holland America. Apparently, they are expanding the casino across its pinnacle and signature class of ships. The cruise line apparently did the research and found out that the casino on five of their ships could use some new space as well as over 140 of the latest and greatest in terms of slots, electronic poker, and things you plug in basically, the things that go ding, ding, ding. You know what I'm talking about. This will lead to increased gameplay and the cruise line will begin offering on-demand slot tournaments. The ships that will be getting the casino facelift will be the Rotterdam, the Staten Dam, the Koningsdam, the Eurodam, or and the new Amsterdam. Now, is it should I be saying Dom? Rotterdam? No, because New Amsterdam is Amsterdam, right? Nobody says Amsterdam. So why will we change that up for Koningsdam or Statendam? No. We're going dam. These damn ships are going to stay damn. That's the oldest, most hackiest joke you could make about Holland America. Yet still, here we are today, myself, making them. In addition to the aforementioned expansions, the casinos on the Rotterdam and the new Staten Dam and the Koningsdam will also be fitted with a brand new separate non-smoking area. That should make a lot of people happy. Um, have you guys ever heard of P&O Arvia? So Arvia is the brand new ship from Cruise Line P&O. When you think fun ship under the Carnival umbrella, you think Carnival Cruise Line. When you think Carnival Italy, you think Costa. Then you think Carnival in Germany, you think Aida. But the Cruise Line under the Carnival umbrella that is most comparable to an actual Carnival Cruise ship in the UK is P&O. They just launched their new version of an Excel class ship and it's called Arvia or Arvia. Uh, she just made her inaugural call into Tortola this past Monday. There were many dignitaries on hand to welcome the historic ship, including Deputy Premier Kyle Reimer, who presented a plaque to Captain Paul Brown, who is, you know, wait a minute, Paul Brown, huh? I don't know. What do you guys think? Paul Brown as a captain? This is going to sound ignorant, but I'll say it anyway, because here we are. I, I, to me, a captain... You got to have like a Leonardo or a Francesco in the name. Is that inappropriate? I don't know. It just sounds like no, like you, you get on a cruise ship and you're just used to hearing that. In fact, on a side note, I could tell you that certain cruise lines would just do their recruiting process in certain areas, whether they had relationships, whether they were happy with what, I don't know if there's agencies or schools or places from which they would get their captains. And Oftentimes, Carnival did get Italian cruise uh, uh, cruise ship captains. Celebrity often used Greek cruise ship captains. Royal Caribbean very often had Scandinavian 
cruise captains. But I think in the recent years that has kind of switched up a little bit. So there's a lot of, you know, the the pool has kind of, I guess, expanded for every cruise line and it's not so regional as it once was. Anyway, just like Mardi Gras and Celebration, this is a historic cruise ship for the brand itself, Carnival Corporation. And some of the highlights you're going to see on board this ship is Green & Co., which is a restaurant catering to the growing plant-based food fans. You have infinity pools and swim-up bars on this cruise ship. They have a place called the Amber Lounge, and that offers incredible views, delicious, unique cocktails. And then one of the more famous and most celebrated features on this cruise ship is what's called the Sky Dome. This is their version of the Lido Deck, and it's got an ultra-modern feel with pools, an absolutely huge LED screen, and a retractable roof. The place just looks classy. A lot of the things you're listening to me right now talk about, but... I think we could all agree that you don't really experience it or get the idea unless you're on it or at least seeing some pictures of it for yourself. But from what I'm seeing, this ship looks absolutely pristine. They also have a place called the Clubhouse, which is a nice swanky kind of joint. It toes the line between bar, lounge, and entertainment venue. See, this is unique. Arvia will spend most of the time in the Caribbean, but she kind of has two home ports while she's there. If you look, you'll see that a lot of her sailings start in Barbados, and then a lot of them will start in Antigua. And after the uh, winter, she will head back to the Mediterranean for her spring season. All right, let's get into the main topic for the show. What I wanted to dive into was over the years, you guys noticed that cruise lines, they get ambitious. They try things. They attempt things, whether it's policy, whether it's procedure, whether it's the constructions of new venues. And some of them, I think they think they may be changing the game to cruising as we know it. Now, that happens a lot of times. But then sometimes it does not. And I think that there are uh, three categories here. The ones that have made it, the ones that have not made it, and the ones that we're looking at still, they're, undergo- they're going on right now and the jury is still out. So let's start right now with the hits, the stuff that looked like they made it. And then what, what constitutes whether they made it or not? My, my, I guess, see, when you plan a class of cruise ships, they're going to be, they're already planned. So even if it's not the most popular thing, they're still going to get put on the rest of the class of that same cruise ship because the plans have already been submitted. These cruise lines are uh, basically, they begin construction upwards of two, three years before they finally become on the market. So uh, you can't necessarily consider it an automatic hit just because it's repeated on the same class of ships. I think when you consider it a hit is when it becomes repeated on another class of ships and even further cemented as a hit if other brands start to copy it. So let's get into some of what I consider the hits. Let's start with the Aqua Theater. Now, the Aqua Theater on Royal Caribbean Oasis class of ships is a very impressive venue. Now, would you consider this a hit? I'm gonna. I know this could be sort of like a little bit of a borderline one, but I'm gonna say it's a hit because of the fact that on the icon they are doing it. Now, they're doing a variation of it. They're not putting it on the back of the ship. They're not, I guess, uh, interrupting the boardwalk with it. I guess a lot of the staterooms will be happy. That are back there, the inside facing balconies. Uh, I like it. 
I happen to have no problem with it, but I'm also a night owl, so it doesn't bother me. But yes, when those shows go on back there, it's very loud. And if you're trying to relax or sleep or watch TV, do whatever, you're not going to get much. Uh, it's not going to be quiet for you. But either way, neither here nor there, the Aqua Theater, while it is being changed up a little bit and they're putting it in the front of the ship and they're also putting a dome on it so as to relieve itself from any intervention from the elements, the Aqua Theater, to me, is a risk, a huge risk from Royal Caribbean, but apparently it is pop. We know it's popular. You go on a Royal Caribbean Oasis-class ship, and you hear about the popularity, and you see the popularity of the Aqua shows. Are we talking about really kind of, I guess, um, you know, deep storylines with these with these shows? No, but the theatrics, the aerial effects the diving the high diving your high dive. i don't know how many stories that is but that's quite a jump but yeah the aqua aqua shows are very very impressive and the aqua theater apparently is a hit and it stays and you got the oasis class ships that all have it and it looks like the icon class will have it as well more hits with staying with Royal Caribbean, and we're talking about the 270 Lounge. Now, this was a very unique venue, a venue I still have not entered that I'm, I'm upset about that. But what it is, is a very palatial, large, open venue that happens to also offer the comforts of being inside climate control superior technology i mean this is a it, it it does give you an outside feel because it's got floor to ceiling windows across two or three decks but then it's open it's nice very very clean bar lounge areas it has technological advancements with stages interactive when you talk about the robot arms that carry those uh, screens, those LED screens, they're incorporated into the shows. And again, it's just basically a, a very, very technologically advanced lounge area. Now, the reason I say 270 Lounge is a hit, not because there's 270 lounges across other cruise ships and other brands but i will say that variations of this exist you could tell the first uh iteration of this is on celebrity and the eden uh garden of eden the eden the, the venue eden is clearly a takeoff of 270 lounge that was first uh debuted on the quantum class of ships for royal caribbean i'll say also i'll go so far as to say that this was also the inspiration be behind Carnival Celebration and Carnival Mardi Gras, uh, what would you call it? Celebration Central, the main show lounge in the middle of the ship. Now, it's not quite the same because I think the area where Carnival sort of made a little bit of a mistake is not realizing that this is still a Segway area. So you have so much money, so much invested into these shows and into this venue itself to where you know, this show is meant to be enjoyed. This show is meant to be sat and be fully immersed in. And that's difficult to pull off when you place it in an area that's basically a say there's people navigating their way around the cruise ship while you're doing this ultra expensive, highly rehearsed production at any given time of the day, night or evening. But nonetheless, and then we'll take it a step further. So I'll say the Aquadome on the icon of the seas while yes we just mentioned that we're giving it credit as being an advancement of the aqua theater 
I think it's also giving credit to the advancement of 270 Lounge because I think that's what's happening here. I think that Royal Caribbean on the Icon class of ships, I think they're taking the best of what they learned in 270 Lounge and the best of what they have in front of them at the Aqua Theater, combining that and making that the Aquadome. So I'm going to go with 270 Lounge as a very innovative venue and an absolute hit. Uh, Another trend slash proceed policy on cruise lines that has seemed to worked out and seems to be here to stay is pay for loyalty. Uh, you pay for the perks, whether it's faster to the fun, uh, whether it's the key, whatever the, each cruise line offers as a way for you to kind of pay a, a one, one amount. And no matter how many cruises you've been on with that particular cruise line, you could pay up and get a lot of the loyalty perks that people who have uh, senior loyalty, uh, I guess, um, what's the word? Senior loyalty status, you'll get them for having paid for it. So that seems like I, I don't love that, but it seems like it's not going anywhere and it's here to stay. We'll move on to solo cruising. It seems like the solo cruising market is growing. You're seeing so many more Facebook groups do it. You're seeing so many more cruise lines cater to the solo traveler. You're seeing a lot of websites that will find you ways around that single supplement and the solo cruising experience because I think that just lends itself lends itself to younger people cruising. Uh, and I think it lends itself to the fact that a lot of people are location independent with their jobs And they can't say that for all of their friends or family members. So what that's creating is a solo cruiser by way of them being uh, not necessarily able to sync up vacation time with everybody else who does have to go back to the office. And the solo cruising experience you're seeing across most cruise lines be given more attention. All right, moving on. Still with the hits, princess, medallions. So these things, I don't like them. I'm not here to lie to you. Yes, the convenience factor is off the charts. And yes, I'm drinking a tall, icy, cold glass of Haterade right now. There really is no reason for me not to love this technology except for the fact that I like my damn cruise card. I collect the cruise cards. You know, I'm missing one of them. I'm still freaking missing one cruise card. Pisses me off. The cruise I went on in 2014, I believe, with Nick, my sister, her boyfriend, on the Carnival Splendor, it's missing. Where the hell could it have gone? I get every single freaking cruise card still with me uh, right now. I'm staring at them right now. They're bunched together in a coffee cup. Where is that one? Where did it go? But yeah, so the Princess Medallion technology works. It's so convenient for many reasons. The Princess Medallions, they're packaged beautifully. It speaks to the cruise line and the level of class that they bring to cruising and the level of convenience that they bring to cruising and the overall quality. So the medallion is just wearable technology that gets you access to everything that your cruise card would have and more. So congratulations on Princess for coming up with something that, you know, and Virgin Voyages, I guess, does a variation of it. And, uh, you know, it's wearable technology that's going to get you in your room, that's going to get you to pay for your, your, your onboard spending, all that type of stuff. All right, another hit. 
another trend, another structural piece that have that has come upon cruising is the hotel style superstructure of the back of the ship. You know what I mean? It just looked used to look like one big enclosed thing until you got to the pool deck. And then, yeah, maybe there was a pool up there or maybe a restaurant hanging off the back of the ship. You used to not be able to navigate your way outside except unless you were on the promenade deck or at the very top of the ship. What they're doing now is building, you know, sort of like the hull and then putting a superstructure that's set a little bit back on the back of the ship when you're talking about the lower decks. And this creates a landing area where you can enjoy the back of the cruise ship on the lower decks, whether it's deck seven, eight, nine, or whatever. Some cruise lines are putting a pool back there. Some cruise lines are putting just restaurant space or just like a common area, Central Park type thing like you'll see on Virgin Voyages. But either way, it provides an area for people to hang out, an added area where people can connect with the sea, but it also provides a really cool look to the cruise ship. And when you're on the back and you're looking at the MSC, this started with the MSC Seaside. If you're looking back at a Seaside class of ships with the Seascape or the Sea View, it just looks a little different. There's a slick look to it. It gives the look and feel of something a little bit more luxurious than cruise ships would have otherwise been. I don't know if you agree with me in that or not, but either way, the style of construction, you'll see it on the Mardi Gras now. There's even a little bit, you can see it a little bit on the Norwegian Prima, not not as not as pronounced, but you could see a little bit on the Norwegian Prima. But it's here, and I believe it's here to stay. Uh, movie screens on pool decks—that seems like an obvious one. I could tell you right now, when I started cruising, and I haven't been cruising that long, but when I started cruising, they weren't an automatic thing. You know, Carnival Miracle, one of the first ships I was on. Uh, a lot of the earlier. See, now a lot of the cruise ships have been refitted to have them put on there, but that was not necessarily a thing that was automatic. Now, if you're going to build a cruise ship on the Lido deck, you pretty much have to put a screen out there. At least if you're a mass market cruise line, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense not to have them. Uh, freestyle cruising. That's an oldie. That's a completely obvious one. Okay, we know that one. Norwegian introduced freestyle cruising, but at the same time, A, you can't ignore it because it was so huge, and B, you have to give it its just due because at the time, that was a freakishly risky move. That was what cruising was. You get together, everybody together at the same table at the same time in the fancy main dining room. That was half the reason people cruised and still cruise. People still love that experience. You know, you have to wear shoes. People will give you the side eye if you show up not wearing what you're supposed to wear. Norwegian changed that whole thing, allowed you to start coming and going as you please. So this is what you're talking about with Virgin Voyages, taking all these chances and uh, turning cruising as we know it up on its head this is not that unlike what norwegian did when freestyle dining first came out and i wasn't around for that i wasn't a cruiser when this did happen but at the same time you can think about all the if cruising was anything it was about tradition it was about ritual the midnight buffet the baked alaska the captain's dinner all this stuff is what you heard about cruising norwegian changed the game and what happened boy did the cruise lines follow suit 
because otherwise you would not have things like my time dining. In many cases, you could say that freestyle cruising brought on specialty dining as in general. Freestyle, di- freestyle cruising, while it's an obvious one and it's an old one, it has to be brought to the table because it was just that big. All right, we got to give a good congratulations to the Havana Cabanas on Carnival. Uh, I was skeptical of it. I was wondering whether or not it was going to make sense. Why would you have like a, a balcony type outside area, but you're not uh, connected to the sea? It's almost like front porch cruising. You can have an outdoor area with uh, a cool little colorful Havana themed design to your room with access to certain areas of the ship that the other people don't have access to. Almost a ship within a ship. Not almost. It is a ship within a ship type of scenario. But then that outdoor thing, you know, you can walk on the on the Carnival Horizon. I remember walking past the Havana Cabanas and people are sitting out there. And while they're staring at the sea and enjoying the beautiful view, you got me walking right by the room outside. Interesting thing. So I was skeptical, but they did do it on the Vista class of ships. And you can bet that they would not have continued it. Yeah, they made some tweaks. They definitely tweaked it a little bit, but they continued it on on their historic XL class of ships. So Havana Cabanas, you are a hit. And then we're going to go with robot bartenders. So not only, yeah, I, this was a gimmick, definitely a gimmick. I mean, I was like, well, why do I need a robot making my drink? Is this really that cool? But here we go. It happened on the Quantum class of ships, which when Quantum came out, this was billed as the most technological advanced cruise ships at sea. You had the Oasis class, which was sheer just awe. Wow. Uh, size, just structural wonders. But then you had the quantum class, not quite as large, but at the same time, the most technology-driven ship at sea. What do they do? They took the newer generation Oasis class of ships and fitted them with all the technology that was available on the quantum class ships, thus creating the i mean just a absolutely well, what they would kind of consider the perfect storm of cruise experiences yes i know you can't say that for everybody because there's plenty of people out there who do not like oasis class ships and i do understand why i totally get why I, i'm pu- booking a group cruise for a big group now and they turned out the oasis class of ships was the best deal at the best price going to the best ports for them They turned down the Oasis class for one reason. They said, I got some elderly people with us and they have no interest in maneuvering around a ship that that's that's that big. Totally understand it. But the robot bartenders were made famous on the quantum class of ships. And when they refurbished and amplified the Oasis class ships, as well as when they built new ones, they put the robot bartenders on those. Those are not cheap. There's no way that those those machines can be cheap. There's no possible way. But they kept them, and they're, they're moving forward. Robots in general. You know the robots are in the 270 uh, lounge with the TVs, with the LED screens, and they're going to be in the Aquadome on the Icon. And robots in general also, MSC, not that we're talking about just robots, we're talking about robot bartenders specifically, but if you want to extrapolate, talk about how they're on the uh, the, the robot f- 
I mean, this is a freaky ride on the seascape, the robot uh, attraction where you sit like a roller coaster. You sit there and you have some robot, hopefully, who hopefully didn't have a bad day. And this robot's going to just twist you and turn you, spin you around upside down. You're at the most mercy of this damn robot uh, Look, overlooking the Lido deck, the pool deck on the MSC Seascape. All right, let's get into some of what I perceive to be some of the misses, shall we? Let's start with the big one, the, the most obvious one to me. Uh, absolute flop and abject failure. Royal Caribbean attempted something called dynamic dining. And this was right around when the Quantum Class was coming out. So many hits on the Quantum Class ships. We can't even list them all. But the dynamic dining was, I mean, just a miss. Complete miss. If you go on a Royal Caribbean ship, along with the promenade, along with the ice theater, along with everything... The the signature thing on a Royal Caribbean ship is that three-leveled, ultra-palatial dining room. That's what sailing on Royal Caribbean, a big part of what sailing on Royal Caribbean has come to be and what people expect. So Royal Caribbean tried to kind of go ultra-modern, and they introduced what it was called dynamic dining. And this was a scenario where there would be, I don't know, four or five restaurants throughout the ship. Now, that dining room is gone. The big, bad, crazy... Uh, impressive dining room with the you know the the, the tablecloths and the linens and everything Th- that was gone. And what they were going to do is make four or five different type of restaurants throughout the ship. You know, this is kind of like now that I'm talking about it, it kind of feels like a little virgin voyagey. But what they were going to do is basically do away with all. So we're freestyle dining, you know, on Norwegian. You know, they still, they changed the game with that, but they still maintained main dining rooms. It wasn't all specialty. There was options. So I don't think, I don't think dynamic dining was supposed to be overly specialty driven, but yes, there were different themes every night and you would basically have no ability to have a set time of dining. You had to move throughout the ship at different times in different restaurants and have different servers. You know, you were almost like, you know, you had to pre-register too. That was the big problem with, with dynamic dining as well. And, you know, we'll extrapolate that out to the shows too. The quantum class in general, and that's significant. That's a significant core memory in my cruising history. We were booked on one of the first sailings on Quantum of the Seas when it was a new ship, and it was the only ship in that class. You know, the fact that they were going to skip one of the cruise ports, and that was a separate issue, but also the pre-cruise experience was very annoying. You know, you had to pre-book everything, and Royal Caribbean was, give them credit, they were honest about that. Listen, you do have to pre-cruise book you have to book your dining. You have to book your shows. You have to script out what you're going to do on this cruise. But if you do that, if we can get you to do that, we will promise you an amazing time. And maybe that was true. But different people cruise for different reasons and have different preferences once they're on board. And for me, that wasn't going to work. I do not want to plan out my cruise before I'm on it to that level. Yeah, plan certain things. Deviate from them when you see fit, but they were really locking you into shows, locking you into dining times, moving you around the ship, and dynamic dynamic dining was absolutely, again, give the Royal Caribbean credit also for ditching it. 
because a lot of headstrong executives sometimes let their ego get involved and they'll try to force it through. Not Royal Caribbean. It was, it is and was long gone. All right. So misses, I would say maybe not a miss, but you just don't see it again. Why not? If this was a successful thing, why not plop it on the icon of the seas? The North Star. If you guys are also familiar with quantum class ships on Royal Caribbean, you know you know that they have what's called the North Star. Looks like a really cool, albeit scary in a certain way, arm that kind of elevates 300 feet above the pool deck and can swing out on either side of the cruise ship where you and maybe a dozen other people end up standing in this pod almost like, a, I don't know, gives you the same type of feel as a Ferris wheel would. But it's just instead of just, you know, multiple cars, this is just an arm and you get to go off the side of the ship and get views that are absolutely unprecedented from any other experience that you get on a cruise ship. Still there, still on the quantum ships, and they put them on all the, uh, you know, the evolutions of the quantum class ships, but they didn't bring it to the icon. So I'm not, I don't know if it's a complete miss, but the fact that they didn't do it again. They are doing robot dining. They are doing the aqua. I'm sorry, robot bartenders. They are doing the aqua theater. Uh, they're not doing the North star. So I think the North star is going to be something that lives and dies on the quantum class of ships. Another one sky ride by carnival carnival introduced the sky ride on its vista class of ships now i can tell you i went on the harmony of the seas one of the first harmony of the seas sailings and the thing wasn't operational so i don't know if the moving parts to it the mechanics of it lent itself for it to have to be uh frequently repaired but yeah also that with the fact that you have to you know pedal this thing yourself so you get up above the top deck of the cruise ship you climb up into this car and you're suspended on a track and it moves by you pedaling with your feet so that's a lot of uh you know energy that's taken up on a hot day in the caribbean maybe you may or may not be inclined to do such a thing now with the invention of this onboard roller coaster on the excel class ships and you can get on and zip around the cruise ship now we'll see what happens with the roller coaster the Bolt roller coaster. We'll see if, if it makes it onto other classes of Carnival ships or it remains an outliner with the XL class, but either here nor there, I don't see the Skyride being brought back. A, it seems like it's a complicated thing to maintain, and B, if you can get on a roller coaster and zip around at twice the speed with, half, with none of the effort, why would you ever get on a Skyride again? All right, IMAX. IMAX theaters on cruise ships. Well, I just learned that it is on the Arvia on P&O. They did not put the IMAX on the um, Excel class of ships. It seemed like it was sort of popular, but these are theaters, and we talk about cruise ships. The real estate on cruise ships are very, very important. Every square inch and foot of a cruise ship, they want to see what they can do as far as making money on. And if you have a theater, anything, use the word theater in general. You already saw on the Excel class where they shrunk down the main theater so as to be able to provide more room for other things. If you have a movie theater on board a cruise ship and that thing is not packed, you can bet they're not they're going to scrap it and make sure it's not on the next evolution of what the Carnival brand is. And you do not see the IMAX theater on any of the uh, Excel class ships. 
I'm going to say bowling alleys. Bowling alleys is something they tried a while ago. Uh, Norwegian brought it on, and then MSC did it as well. And, you know, you'll see it here and there. You'll see bowling alleys every once in a while. But I think, you know, this was more gimmicky than anything else. People seem to... Uh, I've, I've walked by bowling all the time. Sometimes they put it in the nightclub in bliss lounge. I can tell you right now, the boat, no, there's no lines for the bowling alley on any of these cruise ships. So I think the bowling alley, while it still is not dead, I don't think you're going to see too many new ships that are constructed and fitted with a bowling alley. Staying with quantum picking on the quantum class, I guess the iFly, the iFly is a, uh, skydiving simulation, uh, attraction that is on land and on cruise ships i fly you could see them uh, throughout orlando there's multiple in orlando and you just see i fly it's just you know you 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 basically suit up in your skydiving gear and you feel like you're skydiving you're in a big giant cylinder it's almost like a like a western union cylinder where you or one of those things at the bank those tubes that they shoot you through but you're you know you with the help of an attendant they guide you through flying through this tube and it just doesn't seem like they're going to put it on any other ships i don't know if it's a popularity issue i don't know if it's a level of expense issue but no more i flies they don't seem to be uh around too much same thing with virtual cabins virtual cabins are a cool idea very very gimmicky uh, what I learned about a virtual cabin is I thought it was just like, you know, recorded footage. In many cases, it is actual live camera footage of what is going on outside the cruise ship at a particular time. But I guess through the expense or, you know, the lack of popularity, you're not really able to charge that much more for a virtual balcony or a virtual outside cabin, whatever you want to call it. Uh, again, another thing that was sort of debuted on the Quantum Class you have to, again, I'm not mad at the quantum class at all because all this stuff is them taking a shot. You have to figure out what's going to work. And like Virgin Voyages, like Norwegian with Freestyle, you don't know until you try to pull it off. Think about how many things Royal Caribbean has innovated when it comes to cruising. But yeah, with all those hits, you're going to have some misses. And long term, I don't see virtual cabins doing that well, although I do do love the concept the uh inside inside face the promenade view inside cabins those are awesome to me you can kind of you know have a good feel for what's going on it's great for people watching have your pre-dinner drink with your curtains open and you hang out a beautiful vantage point of some of the parades and some of the 70s party action that they do in that promenade but the virtual cabins don't seem to work the final miss that i do have is one of my favorites and you can't tell me this wasn't popular the only thing i'm going to accept while this doesn't happen anymore is the fact that it was just too expensive i get it you got jay leno journey tim mcgraw some of the more famous sam hunt who was i mean hotter than fish grease at the time this was prime sam hunt they had him on a carnival cruise ship that's always the the best case scenario for a venue you book somebody and you get them committed. So if you're a venue or a booker or a promoter, your ability to see who's going to hit is very, very important because for your cost model, for your business model, if you could predict that someone is going to break, you book them and you book them as much as far out as possible. 
Because take a guy like Sam Hunt. Good-looking guy, very, very talented musician. Uh, His genre was a growing genre in country music, pop country, bro country, whatever you want to call it. And he wasn't that big when he dropped his first song. But you could tell, you can see, you can, you, you, you can test the waters and take a temperature on the future and know that this guy's going to be huge. So you say, hey, we want to book you a couple of thousand dollars. He says, great, we'll do it next week. You say, no, you know what? Let's do it in eight months because so much of a push is going to be given to him within those eight months that by the time the performance comes to maturity, you're dealing with a Sam Hunt that's on a completely different level. So that's the idea behind trying to book people. But Carnival Live was amazing. You can't say the same thing for Journey. <laughs> Journey Journey has popped. Journey's on the other side. Uh, same thing with people like Tim McGraw and some others that they had. But Carnival Live, how sick is it to be able to get the chance to get on a cruise ship on an any given night? You can go into the main theater, which basically by the standards from which these artists are usually playing when it comes to venues is a very intimate setting. You know, Carnival, the, the theaters on a cruise ship are some of the biggest rooms on a cruise ship. But when you talk about being used to playing in coliseums and stadiums, this is a very, very small and intimate setting. So if you can get in the first couple of rows on a cruise ship, and you just got to do that by getting there early, and you could see some of the hottest all-time acts perform on a cruise ship, and it's a win-win because they don't have to necessarily take the cruise. They're just popping on while we're docked in the Bahamas. Pay for their flight, so it's basically like you're doing a gig in the Bahamas. You get on the ship, you get off the ship. I heard sometimes there's all sorts of rumors. Sometimes, I mean, the girls on the uh, Carnival Splendor, when we saw Sam Hunt, There was all sorts of rumors that Sam Hunt was actually taking the cruise back with us to the States. And there were women on that cruise ship that were hunting him down. It was funny. But anyway, uh, that's a hit. I mean, I'm sorry, that was was a hit. But it ended up being a miss because it was absolutely not, it didn't make, uh, it wasn't fiscally responsible for the cruise lines to continue doing that. Carnival particular to do that. And, uh. There's no more Carnival Live, unfortunately. Maybe they'll bring it back uh, for encore performances every once in a while in the future. I sure hope so. Until then, we got to stick to our theme cruises, our sixth man on Norwegian and stuff like that. All right, so here's a couple where the jury's still out on. These are some that can work. They might not work, but I think we're still watching to see if they happen. As a whole, one of them is just Virgin Voyages. We have to see. Now you can extrapolate down on that within Virgin Voyages and say a lot of the stuff that they're doing and they're trying to innovate on cruise ships could be looked at as, you know, the jury is still out as well. Most notably for me, the galley. The galley is a concept where they just shut down the buffet. There's no buffet on this cruise ship. They have some grab and go options and they have made to order sit down service in an area that looks like it might be a buffet called the galley, but it's not. Whether it's burgers, whether it's breakfast all day, whether it's Asian, whether it's uh, Mexican, tons of different options. But either way, you're seated. You got a QR code to pull up the menu. A server comes over and you tell them what you want and they bring it to you. And that is their version of what could be the quote unquote buffet. We'll see if that works. And just the overall dining on Virgin Voyages. 
There's no main dining room. There's no mass amounts of catering hall style food being brought out. Everything is made to order. That makes for a delicious, delicious meal. But is that cost effective? We're going to have to wait to see. But the whole virgin experience, the whole uh, kids, no kids on a cruise ship, everything that Virgin Voyages is, you know, you could list their policies, but there's so many of them that the jury is still out on that we're just going to go ahead and list Virgin Voyages as one. Um, Infinity Verandas on Celebrity Cruises. I think it's uh, safe to say that the reviews are mixed. When Celebrity makes its next class of ships, will they make standard regular balconies, which gives you an outside feel, or will they continue with those uh, Infinity Verandas, which are very cool, very sleek, modern, and innovative, but do they give you the same type of feel that people like about being outside on a balcony, smelling that salty air? I feel like I've heard some people love them, but I've heard the complaint, the knock is that you never really feel like you're outside. So will the infinity verandas on celebrity cruises be a long-term thing? We're going to have to wait till the next class of class of ships. E-musters, the jury is still out on. You're finding out all sorts of information as far as people not going to the e-muster because they're not forced to and it takes a while that you hear about people saying that that changes the time in which ships leave uh it just the convenience factor is so great that people just end up blowing it off for long stretches of time and that creates a scenario where a lot of cruise lines are going back to the traditional muster drill much to the chagrin of myself and cruises everywhere nobody wants a muster drill but again, if you got to deal with a mustard drill at the front end of a cruise, a lot of times, you know, it just makes when that mustard drill is over and your vacation is officially underway, it makes it that much sweeter. And then the jury is still out on this. I don't know if it's a trend, but it is just something, it's sort of a macro, macro item, but cruise ships getting bigger. Seems like a little bit of an obvious one, seems like a throw in one, but it's not. Uh, yes, there are exceptions. We know that the Prima and the Viva will be smaller than the Breakaway Plus class of ships. Barring that pretty much, most cruise lines make cruise ships that are larger than the cruise ships before. And that's without exception, except the one I just said. Uh, Oasis. You would think when Oasis of the Seas came out, and yeah, of course, we know that they're going to make it a couple of feet bigger each time just so they can gain the publicity of continuously building the world's largest cruise ship. We understand that, and that makes sense. But the icon is bigger. The icon is going to be a significantly bigger ship than the Oasis class of ships. My question is, how freaking big can you get? Will this eventually tip and bubble over and will cruise ships, major cruise lines, start building cruise ships that hold 2,500 and 3,000 passengers? There is a demand for those ships. The problem is, much to the chagrin of many of the traditional cruise ship fans, those ships you have to get on cruise, you have to get on ships that are 15 to 20 years old to enjoy that type of sailing. 
will they eventually get back? And yes, okay, you do see it with some uh, expedition ships, but who's who, who, who's in that price range? We're not. A lot of the ultralux stuff, they're building smaller ships. But from a mass market cruise line standpoint, will we ever go back to catering to those people who would like all the new amenities, the new everything, new this, new that, uh, taking advantage of the most modern uh, technology that's available to you on a cruise ship, but building that for ships that are smaller, less crowded, reduced amount of variables will that happen will we ever go back and build a class of cruise ships and even the prima it's not that much smaller than the breakaway plus class if you measure it it's it's not that much smaller yes the guest count is reduced but that was just kind of smart because i think frank del rio and the staff over over there knew that you know what use that as a selling point we're going to charge more for these ships. So that's going to mean less bookings. If that's the case, let's sell the fact that you will have a less crowded experience on board. But I think we wait and see for that. I think it's the jury is still out. We're going to see how big. And if we're not, if we're going to continuously, even Carnival. When Carnival Vista came out, we were very surprised that Carnival built a ship that big. The Excel class said, hold my beer. And here we are. What's the next evolution of the Carnival ship? Is it going to be bigger? Probably. What's the next class of ships? Now, who knows? Because the industry is uh, on its ass right now. And the orders that are on the books are few and far between. But eventually that'll change. Eventually we'll get back on a regular schedule. And will we continue to build giant, huge mega ships that outdo the class previous to that one? And that's it. That's what the jury's still out on. Hey, Cones. Sorry to interrupt Tommy's rambling, but I don't have a lot of time and I wanted to ask you about your next cruise. We know there are lots of decisions to make, such as, where do I want to go? How can I get the best deal? And which cruise line is right for me? Whether you're traveling solo, with friends, or your entire family, always be booked. We'll make sure we find the perfect cruise for you. You can book direct, but remember, Cruise line representatives are going to operate in the interest of the cruise line. And don't get me started on those third-party websites. If you are looking for someone who is going to spend the time it takes to ensure that you find the cruise ship, ports of call, and excursions that are right for you, then go to alwaysbebooked.com or email tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let's face it, we are all searching for those moments of pure cruise bliss. And based on your detailed conversation with Tommy, we'll make sure it happens for you, over and over again. For the most personal and detailed cruise planning assistance, reach out directly to Tommy and he will make the process as enjoyable as the cruise itself. Whoa, Morgan, don't you think we're exaggerating? Now, Tommy, please let me do my job. My bad. Always be booked. It's a podcast. It's a community. And dare I say, it's a lifestyle. Go to alwaysbebooked.com right now. And let's start planning your next adventure at sea. Ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. And if that's any indication by those metrics, we don't have a lot of life this week. (laughs) I'm just kidding. There's plenty of life. We're enjoying it. We're having a good time. We're doing our thing. And I know you guys are busy out there. But if you would like to be part of the show, 
just email me, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you have a question, comment, concern, or even a correction, I welcome all of that. I don't welcome it. I need it. As you'll see, we have two emails this week, and they're both pretty simple, uh, but I am going to read them. But yeah, sometimes it's crazy. I never understand what the pattern in pattern is. And sometimes I like we get a bunch. So I'm like, should I bank some of these? And I typically don't do that. I read them as we get them on a week to week basis. And, you know, that may or may not be a mistake. But here we are this week. There is only two emails. Again, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. And you send it an email, thus cementing your place in Always Be Booked history with a recorded on air email to the show. Tommy just hopped off the treadmill after listening to today's Patreon. Just a word of caution. There is no greater polarizing subject than politics. This subject will not help the growth of ABB, regardless of which side you report on. On another note, last time I sailed out of New Orleans, I ate at the Acme Smoked Oyster House that John mentioned on the podcast. It was a great place to eat. Take care, Joe. Joe, thank you so much. I want to give a big shout out to Joe and a big thank you to Joe because he has been a huge help. Many of you have reached out and been a huge help, but Joe has really kind of dove in and give me some of his wisdom when it comes to, I guess, you know, growing all parts of Always Be Booked and he, as he just did here as well. And Joe is 100% right. We talk on the Patreon about things we shouldn't talk about 100%. While I do think that I was, again, my usual self sitting on that damn fence in the middle uh, you know, listen, I know you probably shouldn't touch politics at all, but sometimes in this world, I think day by day, it gets a little bit more difficult, you know, not even because you want to, and you just got to get your opinion out just because so many issues, politics and, you know, where you stand, which side of the aisle you're on or what you have to say in general has kind of just crept its way into everything. In society, it's almost sometimes unavoidable. And I always say we don't lie to each other on this show. And we also certainly don't back away from certain discussions. And yes, Joe, I will forever. That will be my Achilles heel. I cannot tell you, like, I think we could all agree that there is a path to success when it comes to podcasting, YouTubing, content creation in general. That if you want to, if you're only desire is to grow your channel. There are things you can study. There are metrics you can memorize. There is content that you can, there is a procedure by which you can just kind of, I guess, go by that will get you to where you want to be. For me, I may never get there because not being authentic is not an option to me. And I know you're not telling me not to be authentic. You're telling me to just avoid a particular topic. Now, I don't know if that's altogether possible either. <laughs> I may just, I, I, it, this may be what it is. And this may be why I'm still sitting on the lack of, I guess, viewership or eyeballs or whatever that I have. Yeah, granted, a lot of it's because I only do a podcast and we're in a YouTube world, but the YouTube's coming. But in general, like I said, I'm always, and you watch podcasts, you see YouTube channels, you see very, very successful ones that do delve into politics. I listen to people that I don't agree with all the time. 
and I listen to them because they're being their authentic self. And while you're right, I'm going to listen to you, Joe. I'm not going to very much or very often delve into the political world. But I cannot promise anyone that sometimes some of that stuff is going to kind of make its way into the Patreon because of the fact that it's 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 me. You ever hear the story of the scorpion and the frog? You know, for better or for worse, I can be a little bit of a scorpion sometimes. And uh, I, if, if, if this thing does never takes off because a couple of those posts or a couple of those episodes, then that's where we're at. It's not a pride. It's not a pride thing. It's not so I'm going to do it. It's just who I am. I can't I cannot help it. But also, thanks for the recommendation. The thing is, Joe, I'm not the biggest oyster guy. I would like to try some of those smoked oysters. Oysters. Uh, I would like to try maybe a, a oyster po'boy, a fried oyster po'boy. But there's very, very few things on this planet. Any, any, there's very few food items on this planet that I don't like. Tofu being one of them. Cranberry sauce being one of them. Uh, oysters being one of them. I've started to get into them a little bit because I, and it's not like I am against them. It's not like they, they, they gross me out. They just bang for your buck. I don't get it as much. Now this Joe may be more polarizing than the political topic. (laughs) I may piss more people off with the oyster talk than I do with the politics, but I'll say this. If I'm going to sit down and have this delicacy and pay the premium that you have to pay for it. Nothing about pouring some Tabasco and sliding some, you know, smushy thing down my throat without chewing it is really anything that does it for me. I'm sorry. Uh, Please don't unsubscribe, people. I'm just oysters. They're not my thing per se. But Joe, thank you for all the help. I know I thanked you uh, uh, on the emails, but let this serve as a uh, audible thank you as well. And I appreciate everything. Uh, hey, Tommy, quick question. Does Carnival Cruise Line have an adult-only area? And how does it compare to Norwegian's H2O Spice and Royal Caribbean Solarium area? I love the H2O area on Nor- Norwegian, not so much the Solarium on Royal Caribbean. I did not like the enclosed feeling of the solarium i felt like a bug in a jar thanks in advance jeff jeff i hear what you're saying i do feel you now i think they did make an effort especially on the newer ships to make sure that it alternated yes you do feel enclosed a little bit especially on the front end the one thing you have to realize a little bit on the front they do that because it is such a big vast area and you know you do get hit with the wind there is a wind factor that comes with that. Now, Carnival deals with it because the, um, yes, well, the answer is yes. So Carnival does have an adults-only area. It's called the Serenity Deck. And over the years, Carnival has done a better and better job of it. That could have been listed as one of the hits over the years. Adults, complimentary adults-only areas on cruise ships. Now, to me, the Spice H2O, yes, it is a little bit of an oasis during the day, but that's cool because it's the back of the ship and it's not as necessary to be as covered because, you know, 
the front of the ship is taking on most of the headwind. So you don't necessarily have much of a wind situation back there. Now, on the solarium, when it's at the front, it would be a very, very windy place if it didn't have the, those those things that are guarding you from the wind, guarding you from the wind. Uh, but yeah, the answer to your question is Carnival has probably the one you'll like most because it is more kind of like an oasis type of feel than the Spice H two O. Very often they have pools. No Spice Two O Spice H two O has a pool. Some of them have hot tubs, but none of them have actual pools. So you'll like that about carnivals, even if you just kind of put your feet in the water. Some of the carnival ones, the newer ones, have restaurants too. The solarium uh, I'm sorry, the uh not the solarium, the uh the the salad stations and some of the walk up food, uh, a little mini buffet area. Solarium is the Solarium Bistro. But on the uh, Serenity deck, they do have some food options as well. But it seems like it's gained popularity. It seemed like on the newer the ship, the more, I guess, spread out it is, the more vast it is, the more amenities that are attached to it. Because on you know your Dream Class ships and a lot of the other ones, you do have it, but it was not purpose-built that way. I would say it's not until the Vista class of ships is that they purpose-built Serenity decks on the ships. Ships before that on Carnival were all uh, took areas that were pre-existing and they just made them into Serenity areas. So the newer ships, it's much better. But either way, and then on some cases like the Miracle and the Splendor, they put them on the back of the ship, much to my chagrin because I like a lively aft pool. I don't want a serene aft pool, but nevertheless, they did do an absolutely beautiful job with it. And yes, you're going to want to look for the Serenity deck on any Carnival cruise ship. That is your adults only area. Jeff, thank you so much for the email. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the show for today. I would like to invite you once again to download the AMP app, A-M-P, find always be booked and find the show this friday at five o'clock that is going to be it's five o'clock right here happy hour so that's it so again facebook always be booked cruise and travel lounge if you want to be a patreon and get an extra show a day five days a week p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash always be booked don't forget we have a group cruise on october 8th that is going to be the best time you've had in the last five years that's all i could tell you i don't care what you have booked i don't care what your price range like I, you got to care what the price range is i get that but if there's any maneuverability with your travel plans for this fall you're going to want to consider going on the always be booked pirates and pier runners group cruise part three on October 8th on the Carnival Celebration going to the Eastern Caribbean. Also, Instagram, always be booked. Please, we could still use the YouTube views. Uh, if you don't mind, check out the YouTube channel. That's always be booked. And that's it. It's pretty much it. You know what the best way you could help the show out is? Well, the second best way. The best way is to just share the show with a friend. That is just goes above and beyond. That is what it is. But a, a really cool way you can help the show is if you're booked on a cruise and you want to support this show, all you have to do is send me an email at tommy at alwaysbebooked.com and transfer your reservation over to me. Not only will you be helping the show, but now I'm your guy. You have a representative, whether you want someone to call, because I can tell you right now, the hold times are out of control. 
on the, a lot of them. Norwegian's not too bad, but Carnival Royal Caribbean, these whole times have gotten to be out of control. That's my job now. You want to switch something up? That's my job. You have a inconsistency or a discrepancy with something? That's my job to look into it. Final payments coming? That's about repricing? That's my job. All that stuff. I didn't know what I was doing a couple years ago. I'm, I know what I'm doing now. I got. I know how to navigate around. I know what these rate codes are. I know what these uh, the the categories are. I consider myself now far and away light years ahead of the travel agent I was two years ago as I am right now. And I'll help you out. If you've never been on the ship, chances are I have. If I have not, I'll get the information. If you want advice in any of the particular ports, I can do that for you. All you got to do, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let me know where, when you're sailing, and I will look into what you got to do to transfer your reservation over to me and let me be your travel agent. And it's absolutely free. It costs you freaking nothing. And now I'm your guy. I'm your cruise guy. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. You guys are the best. Boat drinks, Cone.